Well, how's it going, everybody? And welcome to another episode of Just Another Movie Podcast. Mike here with you, hanging out in the apartment here with Rosie the Wonder Dog beside, my, uh, beside me. Uh, she's actually been kind of sick uh, here this last week. She We had to go to the emergency room vet, actually. Uh, but turns out we just have a little bit of an ear infection, making us a little wobbly-legged. <laughs> kind of looks like we're drunk. But uh, it was some reason for concern, so we wanted to get her checked out. And she's okay. Just a little bit of an ear infection. So, But thank you guys for joining here on this episode of Just Another Movie Podcast. An episode that, for some reason, I no one's ever brought it up. And I've never thought, oh, I should probably do an episode on the movie musical. Because something I, I obviously don't talk about on here is uh, I've done... Theatrical performance for the better part of 25-ish, I think it's almost like 27 or 28 years, so, you know, not to toot my own horn or humble brag, but I, I, I musicals have been kind of a part of my life for over half of it, so it's it's surprising to see that I did not do an episode so far on the movie musical. So I thought, you know, maybe it's time we do, uh, we, we tackle this subject and we do our top five favorites. Because remember, here on Just Another Movie Podcast, we don't do best. We don't do bests of because best is subjective. What I say is the best movie musical, you might say is the worst movie musical. An example, everyone loves Repo the Genetic Opera and I can't stand it. There you go. Some people would put that as the best movie musical, and I would put it as, God, why does this exist? And there's my hot take on Repo the Genetic Opera. <laughs> but I wanted to do my top five favorite movie musicals, and then my top five Broadway musicals that I feel could benefit and do well from the movie musical treatment. So let's go ahead and jump into this because we got 10 to talk about. Let's go ahead and jump right on in. Number five on the top five movie musicals. I think this one has to be on everyone's. And I think it's going to be on everyone's for one of two reasons. One, it's because it's one of the only movie musicals they can think of uh, off the top of their head when put on the spot. And the other is because they legitimately love the movie like my mom does. And that is number five, Grease. I feel that this is one that it's not only that it is a fantastic movie and a fantastic show, but that it's one of those movies that's so iconic and so classic in this genre that no matter who you ask, if you walked up to a random stranger on the street and said, name three movie musicals, I can promise you they would probably say Singing in the Rain, West Side Story, and Grease. Those will probably be the three they would say, maybe Sound of Music. But Grease is in that conversation. And that's how iconic of a movie it is. Whether you like it or not, where it sits in the market made on the movie musical is just, you can't, it's, it's undeniable. You cannot look at Grease's legacy on the movie musical and say, Oh, well, you know, it was just kind of a talk. It was just the throwaway. Who cares? No one really likes that. No, that's Grease 2, okay? That's Grease 2 that no one 
pays attention to that that's not true actually Greece too has a massive cult following and <laughs> I, I don't get it I've seen it once and maybe that's why I don't get it so but moving on moving on to number four number four once now this is one where it kind of goes a little bit backwards actually it goes completely backwards in that it was the movie first and then the musical, not the other way around, as is everything else on this list. So this kind of belongs in this gray area of exists, but want it to exist. Because it wasn't that they, you know, I don't know if I'd want to see them remake it with the musical. I It's perfect the way it is, and you know that because... They took the movie and embellished on the movie to make the musical. So you know that the movie is already in good hands when you took everything from the movie song-wise and just put it right into the musical. So it kind of works a little bit backwards, but I love Once. It is so simple and so raw and vulnerable and emotional, and it, everybody has been through this story. Guy meets girl, falls in love with girl. You know, fall. You know, girl is going through a rough time in a in a relationship, but ultimately makes the choice to to save her relationship for her child, and 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 it leaves you know the guy just heartbroken. Matter of fact, that you don't even know their names. They are referred to as guy and gal. I don't even think they're actually called that uh, in the movie or the musical, but they don't have names, so they're just called guy and girl. Or it's guy and girl, and I think, yeah. But it's it's one of those movies that you tell people about it, and they're like, oh, I've never heard that. And then you play Falling Slowly, and they're like, oh, I love this song. I'm like, yeah, it's from this. Like, they won Best Song at the Academy Awards because of Falling Slowly. And I think once got its exposure because of that, and to see this little tiny, practically was an independent film in Ireland, become not really a phenomenon. Um, certainly, Falling Slowly got, you know, a massive, massive amount of success. But to see the movie get, ad you know, get adapted, adapted, there's the word. I put the emphasis on the wrong syllable. So... Um, or empathis on the wrong syllable, however you say it. But to see once essentially get lifted from the screen to the stage without many changes tells you where this movie sits in the in the legacy of the movie musical, just like Greece. Now, not to compare it to Greece, Greece is a classic. Once is definitely um uh, for the independent folky musical movie that it was definitely is a I don't want to say a black eye but is definitely a a pinpoint on the movie musical you can't really look at it and not include it in the best of conversation so
All right, and coming in at number three, uh, we have the first appearance of Norman Jewison on this list. Uh, there is another one that'll be on uh, this list somewhere. So, uh, but the first one is Fiddler on the Roof. I, when you think of the movie musical, I think a lot of people overlook Fiddler on the Roof because I think as a musical, a lot of people overlook Fiddler on the Roof because they don't really know what it is. And while it is a show that is deeply rooted and deeply focused on the faith and beliefs of the Jewish uh, of the Jewish people. It is just a beautiful, beautiful musical from top to bottom. The music, the story, it's all just wonderful. And the movie captures the essence and the, no pun intended, or fully intended, honestly, the tradition of the of the musical and what it did to tell the story of these people the movie did a beautiful job of transferring that over without you know changing anything i don't really think there's many changes at all from the from the stage and the the movie i don't think there's a big difference in the two but it's just a beautiful beautiful movie and if you've never seen it before uh, I highly recommend that you, you take some time out to, to watch it because I think you'll thoroughly enjoy it. All right, number two. Number two is a classic. Number two is one of those movies that I can really watch it at any time. And I've been lucky enough to, I've actually been in the actual stage production of this as well, which I'm, I'm kind of wondering why there's not been a revival of this quite yet and that is uh singing in the rain i love singing in the rain i love gene kelly um when i was a kid i always want i thought i always wanted to tap i, I especially now i want to learn i want to take tap classes because while even if i started now and tap till my dying day i would never be even a fraction as good as gene kelly um that style of of tap just is something that I've I've always wished that I could do, um, so maybe I'll have to do that. <laughs> It'll be funny to watch me do it, but hey, <laughs> you got to start somewhere, right? You got to start somewhere. But no, I I love this movie. Um, it, it, the classic songs, obviously, you got "Singing in the Rain," "Make Them Laugh," "You Were Meant for Me," um, "Good Morning." I mean, there's just so many good songs. The dance scenes. Uh, are just iconic, and, and there's nothing, <clears throat> there's nothing more iconic than than the singing in the rain scene with him dancing uh, in the rain, which is was a fun fun fact. But most people know it's actually milk. It's a mixture of water and milk, simply because it it can be seen easier if there's milk in it. Um, matter of fact, we did that when we did the stage show. We did. Uh, a mixture of water and milk in these rain pipes uh, across the stage. So, yeah, yeah, so I can attest to that. And, uh, yeah, if you don't clean it up, it does start to smell. So <laughs> we had shamwells uh, that we went out every intermission and cleaned uh, cleaned up the rain. But I, if you've never seen Singing in the Rain, I I, I don't know. Like, it is, like, if you turn on Turner Classic Movies at any time during the day, there's probably a good chance that sometime that day you're going to see Singing in the Rain on TV. That's how famous this movie is. That's how the 
you know, this is how iconic it is. This is how much of an impact it made on the movie musical. It is grand. It is spectacle. It is big. It is everything that the old Hollywood musical used to be. It is the benchmark that Hollywood, the uh, you know, the music musical, the movie musical, at least, especially then, but honestly now, I would love to see something done to this scale. I think Greatest Showman was probably the closest we're going to get to that. I'm not the biggest fan of that movie. Um, that's a probably a whole episode on its own, but I don't do the negative on here, so we're not, you know, you'll never hear it, but I'm just not a big fan of it. You'll never hear my reasons, though. <laughs> All right, moving on. Before we do number one, let's talk about uh, some honorable mentions. These are obviously um, movies that could have made the list but just missed the cut by just a tad. So if we were going to do like a top ten, this would fill out the top ten. So we've got Hamilton. Uh, I threw this on here um, in an honorable mention. I did not put it in the list because, to me, there has not been a movie adaptation. Yes, there is the live performance ad- version that is on Disney+. And it, honestly, I don't think we need a movie. We have that. Let's leave it alone. Leave it be. We've got what we need right there. Don't touch it. Now, would I like to see them do a movie? I would watch it, yes. I think that it would be best to leave it where it is. But if they decide to do a location-based, you know, actual full-on movie adaptation, as many of the original cast has to come back. And it's got potential to be there. But I think if they do it, it it's just not going to be what we have on Disney Plus. And let's just, it's not broken. Let's not fix it. Anyway, moving on. Next up, we've got Little Shop of Horrors. And this is one that I was hard to not put on the list. And the only reason it got bumped is because there was just other things. Uh, if I had to do it, I'd say I'd probably flip Grease and Little Shop of Horrors. That's how close it is. But I love Little Shop. Um, just. Howard Ashman's music, um, the performances alone. I mean, obviously, just talking about the movie, uh, Rick Moranis, uh, Steve Martin. Um, her name's escaping me now, Audrey. Um, but it's just, that is such such a good movie. It's so fun. There's a couple Alamo draft houses around here in Austin that are doing screenings uh, because we're getting close to Halloween. I'll have to see if I can find one because uh, I've actually never seen that in theaters. So that'd be fun to see in theaters. Uh, I'm actually seeing Beetlejuice tonight, so uh, that, that that could be yeah, that could be a lot of fun. I can find a screening of that. All right, next up we've got Chicago. Chicago is a show that I actually saw the movie before I saw the uh, I saw the movie before I saw the stage show. So when I went into the stage show, I didn't really know exactly what I was going into. Well, actually, I think because I meant when I went into the movie, I didn't really know what I was going into because I never really heard the songs. Uh, I didn't really know the story. So for me, this movie has kind of a special place because this these were the people that introduced the show, introduced these characters. So I met Billy Flynn and Roxy Hart and uh, you know Mama Morton. It's how I met all these characters. Um, and then eventually, you know, saw the show. I'm actually auditioning for the show coming up uh, like next week, so uh, we'll have to <laughs> I'll have to keep you guys in touch with that. I'm auditioning for it down in uh, in San Antonio, so we'll have to see uh, how that goes. But I love I love Chicago. Such great great songs, great story. It's just got a great terrific story. If you like that 
thirties, forties, gin joint jazz type feel, Chicago is your show. Chicago is your show, especially if you can see it live with the band box on stage with the live orchestra. That's honestly that's the way to see it. So, Chicago, absolutely. All right. Uh, next up, the last honorable mention we got a star is born. Now I I may get kind of some eh, about this because is it an adaptation? No, um, not yet. Um, I definitely think it could be, but we'll have to. That that will come later if it ever happens at all. Uh, you would think it probably would have happened since there's what four versions of the movie? Three, Judy Garland and James Judy Garland and James Mason, and then the most famous is Barbara Streisand and Chris Christopherson. And then we've got Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. I I saw this in theaters. I was excited to see this when it got announced. I have the soundtrack on vinyl over here. I listened to it more than I thought. Um, it's got some of the best music, um, and most of it written by Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. It's He's got this very Black Keys sound. I'm not sure if members of the Black Keys were. I know one of them is a, a big producer. Not sure if one of them was part of the music team of that, but it's very Black Keys sound. Uh, or if you're familiar with uh, Nathaniel Ratliff, uh, Ratliff in the uh, the Night Sweats, then then um, it's very similar to that as well. That very grungy, you know, bluesy sound. That's that's what Bradley Cooper does, and he does it well. But I really enjoyed that movie. I really wish that they had not credit her as Lady Gaga and credit her as her as her actual name. Um, because to me, I wasn't watching Lady Gaga. There were definitely parts of her character arc that were Lady Gaga-ish, and they definitely do some inspiration. But from what I could tell, no, that that was not. I can't remember what her last name is. Stephanie something. Um, but yeah, I yeah, Stars Born. That was hard to not put on there because it's a movie that I don't watch very often. But I listen to that soundtrack at least. Uh, at least probably about once or twice a month uh, on the turntable. So, All right, so that brings us to number one. And if you know me at all, you know what this one is. It is Jesus Christ Superstar. I, oh man, do I, I love this show. I love this movie. This movie is perfect. The cast is flawless. You will not find a better Judas and Jesus combination than Carl Anderson, the late Carl Anderson, rest in peace, and Ted Neely. You will not find a better combination. I, It doesn't exist. The limit does not exist. It is not there. Um, I, It's hard to even compare um, any other duo playing these roles to Carl and Ted. Now, if you're not familiar with this show, before you get all, oh, God, isn't that the show about the crucifixion of Jesus? Yes, it is. It, it's about the last week of the life of Jesus Christ, yes. However, Jesus is not the lead of the movie or the show. Judas is. It is a story, it is a show that really focuses on the human struggle of Judas not wanting to fulfill his destiny, not wanting to fulfill what was destined but a man that cares and loves for his friend and cares and loves for what was probably his best friend. Now, 
Does that match up exactly with the Judas from the Bible? No, it doesn't. But it adds a really, really good story, and it adds a really good layer of human relationships because it really focuses on Judas, Jesus, and Mary Magdalene. And just the songs, I can name the entire soundtrack, and every one of them is a good song. But you've got, you know, Heaven on Their Minds, Gethsemane, um, if, uh, I don't know how to, um, I don't know how to love him. Oh my God. I blanked out there for a second. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to love him. Superstar. Y- y- listen to any version of the soundtrack. I advise you listen to the movie version first. Um, it's very seventies fantastic with the synthesizers and the keyboards and organs. Uh, they've definitely made it more gritty, more rock. Uh, in the later couple of years, there's a tour of it. You come into San Antonio uh, later next month. I'll have to. De- I'm definitely going to be having to head down there and check that out. Uh, I'll see this show anytime I can. I've gotten to do it, um, gotten to perform it, which is be able to say that is cool. Um, but it, yeah, it's. I watch it every Good Friday. <laughs> every it's not Easter until I've watched Jesus Christ Superstar. I watch it on on Good Friday every year. Um, and I'll keep that tradition going. That tradition's probably well over a decade by now. Um, used to used to be with a good friend of mine, uh, but and we try to coordinate it every year, but it usually doesn't happen. But we both watch it sometime during the weekend, if not on Good Friday. So, uh, but that's yeah, that's number one. Jesus Christ Superstar. If you've never seen it, man, go see it. It is the same director as Fiddler on the Roof, uh, so it's got a very similar cinematography style. Uh, shot in the desert. The only set they built was some scaffolding. Everything else was natural setting, including a cave, an amphitheater. Uh, they actually had to plant grass for the Garden of Gethsemane, and it took months to grow. So it's there's a lot of stories about this movie, but it was shot on location in the Middle East, and I definitely and it definitely gives that feeling of of being there. So if you've never seen the movie, but you've seen the show. Go watch the movie because the movie, while the soundtrack is instrumentally is not my favorite, simply because of the the, the organs and the '70s sound, I prefer the more modern rocking sound uh, that you hear in productions that tour today, uh, or productions that usually get put on in community theaters, regional theaters, high schools. That usually has that more of a rock musical sound, and and instead of that '70s B3 organ sound. Uh, and if you watch the movie, you'll see what I'm talking about. Go watch the movie and then listen to one of the most recent recordings, like the 1998 London is one of the best. Go listen to that, and you'll hear the difference in the sounds of the shows. All right, so without further ado, we're going to add a second top five here. And that is, we're going to do, do my top five musicals that I would like seeing given the movie treatment. So, here we go. Number five, six. I just saw this. Um, so this might be a, you know, you, you're always going to say the best burger you've ever had is the last burger you've ever had. Um, I saw six a few weeks ago, and I definitely feel like if it doesn't get a movie, it needs to get a live performance release. Disney... Disney would be crazy to not get it on there. They would be nuts to not try and get six filmed uh, and put on Disney Plus. 
Maybe that's coming out. I, I didn't look. Maybe that's already in the works. Hopefully. I would like, I would hope that it is, but you know, I'm not really sure. But six. It's essentially, you take the wives of Henry VIII and put them in a girl group. It's fantastic. It's got more of a concert feel, less of a musical. Uh, it's only also only 90 minutes. So that would probably make trouble for a movie. Now, you could obviously add 30. You could add 30 minutes and make it two hours. But that's why I think this needs to be a live performance video. So I would like to see that. Um, even if it's something that, like, as much as I don't really want to see it done like this, with it's not really a thing anymore, but you know how NBC used to do the live musicals, the Jesus Christ Superstar with John Legend. They did um, what Peter Pan with Christopher Walken. They did Sound of Music with Carrie Underwood. None of these were bangers. Jesus Christ Superstar was great, uh, but the live audience made it feel like a rock concert, and it took away from the the story and it took away from the show. Um, Six, on the other hand plays like a concert six plays like a show um like you're going like i said like a going to a concert so six would benefit from that style that live audience live broadcast that i could see six being done that way i would rather it be filmed pro shot and then put out on you know netflix broadway hd disney plus hbo max something you know, like that. So hopefully, we'll be getting that. Hopefully soon. Uh, I definitely think it's got the potential to be there. And it's people are going ham over it right now. People love that show. And I think if they struck now, they would have they would have a, a, an extra, la extra layer of the hit that that show is. Next up, American Idiot. American Idiot. The yes, the Green Day album that got turned into a musical. If you've never listened to the album, there is a story in there. Um, there is a story buried in there, and the musical did a good job of flushing that out and embellishing it. What do I think that show is perfect? No, there's actually a lot, quite a few people that don't like it. I think it would have to be retooled in some spots, but I think it would make for a very good movie if done well, and the story made a little bit more adaptable uh, to everyone. Um, but I, I definitely think it could be it could be a hit if they did it right. Where right director, right cast, um, I, think, I think Green Day's American Idiot would actually make a really, really good movie. Uh, next up, and I'm, I think this will eventually happen, Hadestown. I would love to see Hadestown turned into a movie. Um, I got to finally see it last year, and it was incredible. It was absolutely, like, astonishing. I was, it was so good. Um, I've listened to the soundtrack for years. I've listened to the soundtrack since before. I think everybody even really knew about it. Um, as hipster as that sounds of me to say. Um, but I, I think Town will make a great, great movie. Um, they could film it. Um, you've got that New Orleans-style sound. You could film it in New Orleans, even though the show doesn't take place there, obviously. Um, you could film it there, where you can get the musicians, you get the sound of that show that that show needs. That that I, I don't really know what to... It's like New Orleans jazz, that Preservation Hall brass band type sound. 
um, you know, lots and lots of brass, deep, deep, you know, deep crying brass, uh, especially with trombones and trumpet. So it's just such a really good, really good soundtrack. And uh, the story is just fantastic. Eurydice and Orpheus and Hades and Persephone and Hermes and the Fates. It's The story is incredibly, incredibly well done. It was practically written for you. Um, and the music just embellishes that story and makes it so much better. It's tailor-made to be given to be given a movie treatment. It's gonna happen. Um, it, just a question of when, when it happens. It's not if. It's a, it's a question of when. <laughs> All right. Next up, we got two more. Next up, I actually have the soundtrack to this on the turntable right now, um, and that is. That thing you do. Now, I, people are like, how would you do a musical based off one song? Okay, first off, you haven't listened to the entire soundtrack. The first side of the soundtrack has about five or six songs that are all songs by the Wonders. So you've got five or six right there. The second side, you've got other, you've got other artists that are in the movie. There's a, there's a Supremes-type group. There's a... I guess like a Perry Como or a the crooner, that Sinatra, you know, Mr. Downtown crooner type. There's a, I could call it damsel in distress type singer. Um, you know, there's that as well. So there's probably about 12 or 13 songs already ready. And only one of them is the song, That Thing You Do. Now, does the movie focus around that song and you hear it over and over and over and over? Yes, you do. It's the name of the movie. Will you need to do that for the Broadway musical? No, absolutely not. You could do other things. You can do these the girl group. You could do the, the crooner guy. You could do other songs by the Wonders. You can do things. Now, I know the point is that thing you do, the song, is a one-hit wonder. Um, and yeah, you can definitely do that. But... You don't have to necessarily do this show and just play the same song over and over and over and over and over. I think it would make, I think if done well and done right, and if Tom Hanks is on board, Tom Hanks has to be there because he's the, he was the producer of the movie. He has to be on board or it doesn't work. He would be the only one that could be in control of it. Um, but with the right direction, right cast in Tom Hanks, that thing you do, it could be a, a big hit in the jukebox musical world. So, All right, last and but not least, this is a movie that, this is a show that I want to see turned into a movie, but I think it's something that needs to go to immediately to streaming, Max, Netflix. And the reason why is because of the content. And that is Spring Awakening. Now, Spring Awakening is a fantastic story about youth and sexual awakening, sexual experimentation, pregnancy, suicide. It, there are a lot, a lot of touching, there's a lot of hot button issues in Spring, in spring Awakening. Abortion is in there. It's, there's a lot of topical things in Spring Awakening. And I think that a movie of this show could be beneficial and could be 
Um, it could be good, but I worry with the content. Again, I see what I said, suicide, homosexuality, um, pregnancy, uh, abortion. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of touching things here. And if you sacrifice too much of the show and sacrifice too much of the script of the show, you lose the show. So you can't make too many changes just to without watering down the movie. And if you water down the movie, you're watering down you're watering down the product. And you don't want to do that with Spring Awakening. Spring Awakening is raw, it's loud, it's boisterous, it's in your face, and it's you can't change things. Oh, we're just not gonna do that part. No. Oh, we're gonna take that out. No. You can't take out anything and you don't have to embellish it, but you can't take it out. If you take anything out of Spring Awakening, the whole thing falls apart. So it would be a risky, risky movie to do. But I think it could be done. And if it's released into theaters, the problem is you're going to run into is the way it needs to be done, it would, you would need an NC-17 rating. That's the way it needs to be done. Um, will that be the way it's done? No. Uh, that's why I think it needs to go to a streamer. If it goes to a streamer, you can get away with a little bit more, I think. Um, so I, I, I honestly think if Spring Awakening got made into a movie, I'd rather it's, I'd rather see it go to like Max, something like that, HBO, something, something where, which is, I think honestly, Max would probably be where it would go, simply because they just did the reunion. On Max, which I've actually not watched. I need to watch it. Um, I But I would love... You couldn't bring the original cast back because they're all too old. I mean, this is supposed to be a kid... This is supposed to be a show about school children, like school-age children, like high schoolers, which that's another problem. The age. Um, which could be a problem that makes it where the movie's never made. The show... I don't know how much flack the show gets. I don't think it gets any, but... With the age of the characters, maybe people will have a problem with that with the movie, which is perfectly understandable. I still think it could be done, uh, just because it's a story about 17-year-olds. Doesn't mean they're played by 17-year-olds. Like, it just, it, that, I mean, that's how it was on Broadway. You think Leah Michelle and Jonathan Groff were 17? Well, no, they were, pretty sure Jonathan Groff was pushing 30. So, I'm not really sure how old they were, but they weren't. The actual ages of the characters so it's you know that that letting go of that disbelief um or having that disbelief could make it work so i definitely think that spring awakening could benefit from the movie treatment but we'll have to see so but thank you guys for listening that's going to do it for this episode uh I, I encourage you if you are listening to the show on Apple Podcasts, do me a favor, uh, leave a five-star review, uh, uh, leave a five-star rating, and write a quick review. Just write a one-sentence review saying, hey, great show. Say, hey, this show sucks. Just make sure you give me the five stars. Don't <laughs> don't give me one. <laughs> make sure you give me five, and then you can just say you hate the show. I don't, I don't really care. I actually do care. <laughs> I don't think anybody hates the show. Maybe, uh, maybe I've got like one person that just like hates it. I don't know. But... 
Um, if you're listening on Apple Podcast, uh, I encourage you, please give us a five-star rating and write a quick little review. Let people know what you love about the show. Let people know, know what you don't love about the show. Just be nice about it. Uh, if you're listening on Spotify, make sure you're giving us a follow. Apple Podcasts, make sure you're giving us a subscribe. You can also find the show on Amazon Music and Audible. Still working on trying to get that audiobook deal for you guys. So Audible going to be where I'm driving all my traffic right now because I want to be able to give you guys audiobooks. It's not just about me getting audiobooks. I want to give audiobooks to you. That's what I want to do. So working on that Audible, working on that Audible sponsorship. I know exactly what I got to do. So we're just going to chip away at that list till we, till we qualify. But thank you guys for listening. I do encourage you to follow us on social media, Facebook, uh, Instagram. Uh, don't do the Twitter or the X, whatever we're calling it now. I don't do that, but, uh, <laughs> uh I do, I do the TikTok, uh, and I am going to be doing a Justin in the Movie podcast TikTok, so be on the lookout for that. We'll be doing some stuff over there, uh, with that. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for listening. I appreciate every single one of you, and I will see you next time. See ya.